for not doing what she was supposed to do. You know what the joker said? He said, please, sir, you can't fire me now. The guy said, why not? He said, I have to pay rent at the end of the month. <laughs> I'm not joking. I, I'm, I'm serious. So please, please, don't, don't sack me now. Why, why can't I sack you now? I mean, you're, you deserve to be sacked. You're not earning me money. You disobeyed my instructions. I told you don't do this. You did it. I told you do this. Don't, you didn't do it. And I, I've checked your stay for the last... I, I'm sorry, you have to go. The guy said, okay, sir. Postpone it next month. <laughs> because my rent is deep. <laughs> what I'm going to explain, listen. We believers, we have to be careful that our minds work differently. That we work in such a manner that, listen, if I'm not working here, I will work somewhere else. Some say there are no, when they say there's no job, you're wondering, why is there no job? Oh, of course, I know that, that Zen is not going to employ everybody. MTN won't. Edisalat won't. ExxonMobil will not. I know. But I can get up in the morning and go and bless somebody. I can change somebody's life. I heard the story of one young man in Lagos who never said no work, no work. The boy said, I'm good in mathematics. How can there be no work? It's all these rich, rich people. You know, there are areas in town, you know, they are rich, rich people. So the boy went to where there's these rich, rich people. I said, look, all these children that don't know mathematics and physics, give them to me. The guy started doing home lessons. Maths, physics, chemistry. He was turning children that thought mathematics was, mathematics was Chinese. <laughs> one day he now got a job. Very good job. Very one of these lucrative jobs people love. And told the parents he's resigning. They said, resign where? I forgot how they solved the matter. But they didn't let him go. Because he was that good. I'm not talking about how Christians reason. Not that uh, you're planning to get tired. You're planning to be useless. You're planning to go to the village and be causing trouble. Because you have nothing else to do. When they were paying you big salary, you were flying all over the world. Did not know that, listen, let me, this is not about saving for the future. This is about, let me be a blessing. That's what it means to have a job, not to have a place where money is coming regularly. No. It's how am I affecting somebody's life? Because if you think like that, the day they say, okay, enough working here, you go and work somewhere else. And they say there's nowhere else, and you work on your own. The days when there were no private schools, at least in, um, in um, Nigeria, Western Nigeria where I was, people were doing personal lessons. Some of those people doing these afternoon lessons, evening lessons, now, they have the biggest schools that people are begging to put their children. I have one in my mind. Now, my mother tells me just about the man. That the man, that is, if he's more, he doesn't know what to do with it. And it started when private schools, this was the days of UPN and all of that, when the socialist um, met, the, well, they didn't like private schools. That's when it started the thing. Just doing afternoon lessons. So if you fail, work, you fail, don't worry, come. So he had found a small place to be using. Now, the man owns, I think, the big, one of the biggest secondary schools in that town. I'm talking about total faith. So it's not, you know, Christians often want to just learn faith to stand and declare in the name of Jesus. I like, call Naira, come, come. Dollar, follow him, follow him. You know, that kind of thing. Just to be declaring. No, this faith is total. Different areas. It's that totality. That's why I started by reading that Paul said, I did not shrink from declaring to you the total purpose of God. 
So it's not just saying, I won't save money for tomorrow, for retirement. Part of the faith is, who told you you should retire? Listen, your children will be blessed. Somebody say amen. Amen. But this is the plan of God. Akinlu, as you have been blessed, when you come, if you are going, I can still dash your own children enough money to make you envious. I don't know whether you are getting what I'm going to say. You came home, greeted me. Daddy, good afternoon, you process. We brought you this gift. And you bring me, ve- because a son honors his father. So I look at it and say, what did you bring? Let's use today's method. Uh-huh. This is nice. Maybe you say, okay, ah, we're just thinking, just saw this nice, um, just a small one. Just, just the newest Model 7 Series BMW that maybe you used to go out in the evening when you don't want to really use a good car. <laughs> <laughs> he said, oh, that's very good. That's very, very good. And I said, oh, hi, your children. Just one of them. Ah, are you there? I go, ah, what do I give to this boy? Just open your pocket. Say, okay, give the boy $10,000. Buy something. That's your sister. <laughs> that is when you receive that gift from the boy. It's not poverty. It's just a gift of honor. A son honors his father. That's what God expects. Listen, these things will not be your portion except you believe them. Don't let the world talk you out of it. Be fighting government on retirement age. I don't know why people fight on such things. If government comes to me and says retirement age is 50, mm-hmm. it doesn't concern me. Say, okay, it's now 25. Mm-hmm. So some people are fighting. Why can't we not? Why can't we walk till we are 79? <laughs> Just be wondering. <laughs> you know, there are fights, there are fights that don't concern me. And I pray you should understand, it shouldn't concern you. The new, the new Canadian uh, Prime Minister reduced retirement, retirement age to 65. The former one had increased to 67. Was supposed to take effect in about 20 years' time, but not today. As soon as he entered office a few days ago, about, four, about a month ago, less. I, yesterday, now, or two days ago, it changed, he says, now 65. I said, now they coil over two years. For them, is it's, um, um, it's macroeconomic or microeconomic calculations? How much they will pay in retirement benefits? You know, if Americans are talking about Medi- Medicaid and Medicare and all of that, they've checked all of those things. Uh-huh. So they are calling over whether you should retire at 65 or retire at 67. You know, ASU, that's at uh, Nigerian universities. If your professor should retire at 70, you know, we see the fight. You know why that fight is? I'll tell you the truth. Men don't want to work. That's, look, let's be honest. Have you ever seen Wale Shoyenka argue on the retirement age? Till now, everywhere the man opens his mouth to talk. I don't think you pay him less than $10,000 and he talks for an hour. He celebrated 80th birthday a few days ago, right? Oh, you'd be surprised the man is old now. He's about 80. Why don't you even open your eyes and see things like instead of fighting and say, as a university professor, I have the right to retire at 70. No, no, the government says 65. They say, no, it's 72. They tell you retire at 70 or 65, no problem. At 65, sit down at home and start writing books. I mean, not even like, it's not, that's not when you start making the plan. All your life, you've been doing things. People are calling you to go all over the place. It's not just about let me believe God. <laughs> Pastor Bang said, I don't have to lay up money for tomorrow. And I said it, yes, that's what Jesus said. I'm not the one that said it. But then, faith is what? Total. God has a system he expects us to operate in. 
The reason why faith has been weak is that we have cannibalized it, broken it to pieces. Many of it does not work anymore. That's why I said we should open a particular scripture just to show that we must be careful. Don't touch that scripture. I was trying to explain. Psalm 107. I want to make a point. All right. Remember, I've been trying to explain something. If you take away from God's word in an area, you are taking away from your path. In fact, let's read that quickly before we read this. Quickly open to the book of Revelations, chapter 22, the last chapter. Let's go down to verse um, 18. He said, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. Now, this is the testimony. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his path from the tree of life and from the holy city, which are written in this book. I just read two verses here to bring out a particular spiritual principle about how we must relate with God's word. Remember what he's saying here? He was speaking specifically about the prophetic words that are written in the book of Revelations. But I want us to understand that this is a spiritual principle. And that's how the word of God is. John was saying that when God gives a word, if you remove from it, if you add to it, you are adding trouble to yourself. If you remove from it, there is something, are you getting my point, that God has kept as a spiritual substance, which is your part. You will see Paul wrote to the, um, he spoke to, that, uh, to the Ephesians in that chapter 20 of the book of Acts we were reading just a while ago. He said that, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. He said that word is able to build you up and give you your own inheritance amongst those that are sanctified. That is, each person has his own inheritance. Each person has her own portion. Each person has something that your name is written all right, on that's supposed to come to you. But you may not be able to receive it if you are not built up to receive it. But John was saying here, many things that are yours, God cannot give them to you if you take away from his word. You are getting the point I'm making? If you take from the scripture, there are things that are yours you will not be able to receive. That is just the way it works. Now, please bear that in mind. And that's why I say to Christians, now remember we're talking about faith. Faith is a spiritual ability. Faith is something, it's a spiritual substance. It is not in you, yourself, to believe. It is God that gives you the ability. So the ability to believe God for a great thing will be missing in your life if you deny some scriptures. I don't know whether you're getting my point. If God did not say something, and you added it there, and you call it the word of God, there is trouble that will follow you. That's usually for preachers anyway, you know. Church members, not they add to God's word. They hardly do. Christians hardly do. It's preachers that start promising what God did not promise. Start saying things that they know God did not say. Because if people believe them, it will bring more offerings. Go and tell every preacher. John said, you're begging for trouble. There was a prophet, Hananiah by name, who said in two years God will deliver these people. Jeremiah said, God didn't say so. God said 70 years. And I said, well, I'm a senior prophet. You're a junior prophet. God said, two years. Jeremiah said, all right, fine, no problem. May it be two years. 
As soon as Jeremiah left, God said, come, Jeremiah, go and tell Ananias something for me. Ananias, Jeremiah went to Ananias and said, thus says the Lord, you have made the people believe in a lie. For that reason, this year you will die. Two months later, he died. We don't add to the word of God. We are not supposed to. Now, but, like I said, that's what preachers do. Those who take from the word of God is everybody. They remove. Preachers hardly remove from it. It's the church members that remove from God's word. They are the ones that will tell you that this one is not now. This is modern day. This modern days, you can't say such things. That's what they tell you. When they say, wives, be subject to your own husband. Say, no, these days there are women that have PhDs. Can you see? Ability starts living their lives. I saw somebody speaking on TV. If it is now that Paul is writing about Romans chapter 1, that he wouldn't write that thing that he said about homosexuality. I saw it on TV. There are bishops that resigned because they don't agree with what Paul said. There's one bishop, no, no, that guy, forget, Bishop Nataitu. That man is not a Christian. Let me not even go near there. Church people like to remove from God's word. And when they remove from it, they remove their ability to believe. They remove their ability to receive their own inheritance. They remove their ability. How are they removing it? By just taking the scripture and reasoning it away because they don't like it. I've said it before. How do you handle that? Some things are hard. John said, God said to John, take this book, eat it. It's sweet in your mouth. When it gets to your stomach, to be bitter. But it's when you hear some scripture is hard to do. That's what he was saying. So nobody is saying that some things may not be hard. When they say love your enemies, I think that's one of the most difficult scriptures in the Bible. If you think it is easy, you don't have enemies yet. You know, you have not identified them. You think you have. This enemy, no modern day enemy, they don't want me to progress. Holy Ghost fire upon them. Now that kind of enemy will you get? When you have real, you know what I mean, real enemy. The man said, listen. In this office, I like that line. I will make sure you are frustrated. And God now says, love him. Say, God, I will love his dead body. But leave <laughs> I will give him a decent barrier. <laughs> but love the man himself, it's a bad idea. And when Jesus was saying it, those guys were being oppressed by Roman soldiers. That is why we started reading away the scripture. Heard a woman once speaking. My wife had to keep quiet because this... I mean, she was like a woman of God. She was talking. My wife came home and said, please, I have a question. He said that, if you look at Sarah, Sarah was not a strong woman. Sarah was weak. Sarah was this. But then she was dumb. My wife was confused. You know this kind of thing? I tell you, he said that in Genesis chapter 1, and God created the heavens and the earth. He said God didn't really create. He actually said that he allowed the ozone layer to form and there was, um, you know, and you're like, please oh. It was that kind of argument. My wife was confounded, like, what's going on here? She now came home and told me. I said, I know the woman. I said, leave her. I told her a few other things. I said, leave that girl. And once he went for a meeting, ah, women, I love you, but 75% of people here are men, so I can say what I want to say. And there will be no people on my side to defend me. Surely when women gather, I'm only suspicious. He said, why? He no, wait. There are scriptures that show that, listen, be very careful at such times. 
David Posse said that he mentioned the number of major cults in America. He said they were started by women. Christian Science, one of them. May, is it Mary Eddie Baker? Yes. When the girls gather and start, you know, confusing themselves like that, it's very terrible. You know, when men gather like that, if they can't come, they say they fight. You know, everything we just, you know, <laughs> scatter. <laughs> so there's no hope. <laughs> scatter everything and go home. But women can gather and be deceiving themselves, and they still remain there. Men, like, like, either it is correct or they struggle. Because there's no emotion there, they put up their hand. Uh, please, uh, uh, Apostle Kimote, that thing you said, please, I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> 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 One day, Miles Moreau was explaining the difference between a man and a woman. He said that <laughs> you go to a church, you see a preacher preaching, say, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I said, The Lord is my shepherd. He said, The woman will be shouting, Whoo, whoo, whoo. He said, The man will be counting, The Lord is my shepherd. Wow. But he said, he said, He has said that thing five times. Because he's trying to get the point. He said, The first time, we heard you. Second time, we heard you. Third time, we heard you. Can't you say something else? Man, tomorrow said, But you see the woman, they'll be shouting, Whoo, whoo, ha, ha, ha. The Lord is his shepherd. Hallelujah. So, but the man are counting. <laughs> That's how God just we are just different people. Now what I'm saying so is that one day my wife went for another meeting like that. Women gathered and one woman was talking. And she was deceiving everybody. Talking about how to use wisdom to run your house. How she used wisdom when she found out that her husband was spending money the way she didn't like. She used wisdom. She didn't fight though, she just used wisdom. What was the wisdom? She went and told the man that the, the officer they should bring new bank accounts for their salaries. So she withdrew the money from where it was going before and went to another salary account where she could control. Say it's wisdom. She went through about six, about three or four types of wisdom like that. My wife was looking at this woman, okay. She came home and told me. I said, Well, at least then God, you will have sense, amen. And you have somebody to ask questions. Otherwise. This is how they will have removed your part in the book. That's why I'm going all of these stories. Once you start shaving away from God's word, it is not just the letters you are shaving away from. You are shaving away your own ability to inherit your own portion of divine blessings. Psalm 107, as an illustration, so we can begin to close. Psalm 127. Remember the point I'm making? Is our faith is total. There's an all. There are many, like Paul said, I did not shrink from declaring to you the entire purpose of God. And I'm explaining that we must be careful to follow the entire purpose. I want to read from verse um, 3. Now, we know verses 1 and 2. I don't want to talk about that now. When it says, vain to rise up early and all of that. But I want to bring out an illustration of how we take away from God's word and we thereby remove something, things from our life, spiritual blessings, the ability to believe and stuff like that. We lose them. From verse 3, it said, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. 
He said, how blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. He said, they will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Now, I, okay, let me just leave it there. Because if you continue reading in, verse, uh, in the next verse, chapter 128, he said, how blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you shall eat of the fruit of your hands, you will be happy and it will be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children like olive trees around your table. He said, Behold, for thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Let me just stop here. It's actually that 127 I want to use to illustrate the point I'm making. Now, the word of God is clear concerning this. Very clear. But talk to nine out of ten Christians. This is how they read it. Children are a burden from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is extra loot to carry. I don't know what the warrior is supposed to do with them. Or. I don't understand. That's how they read it. He said, blessed is the man who has a small quiver so he can fill up quickly. That is how we read the scripture. That's how we read it. You tell a man, how many children do you plan to have a couple? They say two. They say why? They say the Bible says it's blessed to have a quiver full. They say it depends on the size of your quiver. That is a lie of the devil. I like to say it like that so that we will know how to relate with the word of God. How do you know the size of your quiver? You that told me you want to have two children. How do you know? Am I saying you have eight children? Well, that wouldn't be a bad idea, but that's not what I'm talking about. I don't think it's a bad idea. Really, I don't think so. But what I'm trying to explain is just to bring to our attention the way we creep into worldliness and think we are modern people. That's what I'm trying to bring out. And what I think is modern is up to date. When you hear statements, when you see people say, that, why can't you want to have children? If you see somebody say, okay, I, want, I would like to have five children, or six, or seven. You say, what? What do you want to do with them? Do they sell them? Again, that's a very stupid statement. The person talking has a wardrobe full of suits. You are not selling them. The fellow talking, most of these women that say, do you want to sell them? Go and check her shoes. Her shoes can educate a child. <laughs> she has not sold them. Okay. Let's not talk about the wig. Brazilian, Peruvian, which other one? Mongolian. They are there. She's not selling them. But one of these children, eh, do you want to sell them? I have the word of God for you today. No, I want to love them. I want to work with God to reproduce the nature of Christ in them. It's a nice assignment. I'm talking about the way we reason. The word teaches us a system. And we start, and when you not quote this scripture for people, but the Bible says, it says, it depends on the size of your quiver. I said, again, that's a very, I'm sorry, I'm very sorry, but let's say it so that we will know what we're saying. It's a very stupid statement to make because the Bible makes it clear that here the Lord is talking about abundance. A quiver there is talking about having many arrows in the time of battle. If you were supposed to have a small quiver, you should have gone to God to beg him, say, oh God, please, 
Lord, can you expand uh, my quiver? Can you give me more money? Can you give me a bigger house? Can you bless me abundantly like you bless Jabez? Expand uh, my quiver. Not to be that dimension, my quiver is small. It's, a, it's called poverty mentality and selfishness. Your quiver is not small. Your problem is that, like one of my colleagues said to me once, he said, ah, you know, if there are plenty, you can't take them abroad. Because, do you understand? I don't know why people talk so stupidly. First time I went abroad in my life, it was from Enugu here. And you are still, all of you have left what you are doing to listen to me this night. And thousands and hundreds of thousands will listen to this, even though I never went abroad until I was an adult. There is nothing my children want to see they will not see on National Geographic. <laughs> if I paid DSTV for a few months, I told them one day, Akiolu was very small at that time. Victory was smaller. So I saw one of these ungulates. On these animals, they call ungulates, antelopes, all those kind of things. So I saw one. I said, if I start teaching this boy the different ones now, I'll confuse. They all look alike. So I said, it's an antelope. I don't think it was up to five or more than five that time. He said, no, daddy, this is not an antelope. This is a wildebeest. An antelope, ha- he began to show me the difference between the two. Oh, now I zip my mouth. <laughs> Just by watching National Geographic Wild. Nat Geo Wild was what he watched. Till now, if, I, if I'm in the house, I do know the difference between a dolphin a porpoise, and um, what's the other one that looks like them? The about three of them. They look very much alike. Huh? I don't know that one. That's another one. Okay, that's a fourth one. There's a, there's a third one. I don't know that one. What do you call it? Okay. Uh, but there's, there's a dolphin. There's a porpoise. There is other one. Anyway, if I get to the house, and I see it on TV, and I say, oh, that's a dolphin. No. One of them will tell me, no, that's not a dolphin. Especially that Kinley will tell you that the dolphin's mouth is like this. And they will show, where did they watch it? Nat Geo Wild. They haven't gone anywhere. These days of internet, there's nothing my children want to see. They can't see in my house. One day my wife said um, she wanted to travel, that whether she can take, is it Akinley or somebody going to the U.S.? I said... I can do, let's have a deal, let's discuss. I said, I can do, make a choice. You follow your mother to America, or I buy you PS3 games, <laughs> and two or three trips to the mall. Ah, Omo. The boy looked and said, Daddy, I take the PS3. <laughs> He was not smart. He went on the one and said, Mommy, America will always be there. We'll go another time. Forget this. <laughs> I was on the show. I said, Look, I can use my money better. <laughs> he said, You remember me? I mean, at the end of three weeks, ticket money gone. Now, what am I saying all of these things? You know, we take the word of God sometimes and you're reasoning it away. Sometimes you think like, uh, you know, you're able to give them the best, give them the best, be best what? The best holidays. You know, this holiday thing, you know, I, I never heard about it in my life oh, until I grew up and began to walk and started meeting people like you. 
Until that time, the only, the only holiday I know, we say, we day for a carré, eh? School closed, we go over. Back there, 45 kilometers away. And this one, no, holiday, holiday, holiday. And we were excited to do it. Because back at home in the car, you know, you knew everywhere. Oh, God, our house now, all right, has, um, it's close to a school. And not these modern day private schools. These were original schools, government schools, you know, mission schools, of which the football field, eh? Oh, my God. The football field. Hey! So that, we're always looking forward to it. You know, you see cousins and all of that. You wake up in the morning, you cross to that. Look, on this side, cashew tape trees. On this side, mango trees. On this side, orange trees. And the football field the size of Wembley Stadium. That is holiday. People will not dress children. These children are suffering these days. Though. They dress them and guide them to Dubai. These children are suffering. Guide them and say, go to Switzerland. Go, go, wire your ear. You go, they wear more, 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 more. What do you call that? Thing? Cover your head. Those days, who they wear waiting? If your father wanted to bless you, bought you Wembley. You remember Wembley 5? I remember those days we used to tell the other boys, is broke and pay. If you bust my ball. <laughs> and people are making you look like I didn't enjoy life because you carry your children to America. And these children can't do anything more than just when they go to America and play uh, what they call Nintendo. And look at the mall say that where, where did they go again? And you think they are enjoying? Come and grow up when I grow up. Now it be enjoyment. Take off from one. You don't chase goats before. Hey. <laughs> These guys never chase goats. And they say they are good on holiday. Boys never chase goats, and they are good on holiday. All these modern-day children, they can't trap mouse. We trapped mouse and ate it. Look, look, look! In case you think I'm a but I'm not Janet, you know. Now when I marry this girl, my life spoil like this because before that time. <laughs> Honestly, my wife was cooking with sausage. Who did you Why should people cook with sausage? Was when I married. But look, I'm not fine. <laughs> Don't deceive yourself that you children need to go to go abroad so that their life go better. Listen, I know this life is just upside down. Those ones that are coming to Kenya to see animal. The Lord is good. Listen, <laughs> what am I trying to say? Forget all of these things. All these fun things inside your heart. If you decide you want to enjoy life, don't think your kid, because they are, play, are playing PS3, PS4, it means they are smarter than the children who are there on the road, dribbling themselves all up and down. It's true. I'm talking about the scripture. I'm not saying obeying the word of God is always easy. But like I say all the time, don't reason it away. Don't reason it away. Don't let modern people persuade you that one scripture is not true. Because when they take away from the scripture, they remove from your ability to do other things. Many people have taken away from scripture and God said that is the reason why they will never be rich in life. They will struggle until their children grow. They will be struggling. Struggling. And they say, I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm sowing seed. God said, you took away from scriptures. 
There are children you will have. I'm not joking about that. Angels will enter your house. Because it's a special child. But God says, what can I do for him? What can I do for her? I can't. Why? They took the scripture and closed it up. Wrote it wrongly. Wrote it wrongly. Twisted the thing upside down. I'm talking about, you know, I was explaining that God has a whole system. Some of the problems of this life, go, go abroad. You know, God did not expect, you know, this one of motherless babies' home. I hope you know it's not the will of God. Old people's home is not the will of God. All these systems that developed when people rejected the total counsel of God. Why should there be motherless babies' homes? Don't you have a home? Don't I have a home? Why should there be orphanages? There are enough of us to spread the children everywhere. Why are there old people's homes? Those old people, don't they have children? Some of them raise the children to think only of themselves. So they think mama staying with us is a problem. And then, mama when she was young felt that having two children is too much. Let's manage one. And that one alone is not enough arrow to speak against her problems when she's old. See why we're having problems? Some of these we see our brother and admire. They are bad things. There are systems. You know the other day, my friend in the U.S. were talking. He told me that, listen, that he wants to start coming back home regularly. He's, getting, he's tired of the system. Why? He said it's too impersonal. I was telling him that, you know, <laughs> abroad, people plan their own funeral. Yeah. You buy insurance for when you will die. So that they will see caskets to bury you and see space to put your dead body. And in case you want to be cremated, they will be able to pay the crematorium. A man alive is paying that money. You should know that all of you have sinned. There is a problem. A society where a man has to plan his own funeral. Get my point? And pay. Down here, no matter how poor we are, we bury our dead. Nobody here is afraid I won't get a decent burial. I have brothers. I have sisters. I have friends. I have church. God bless you, man of God. Church people, we gather. Church people, we gather. They will gather and say, this, uh, what are you talking about? I'll tell them my colleague, that, uh, my friend, that one of my colleagues died in the hospital. I said, that one is two million naira for the family. Nobody's asking my opinion. Why? From our salaries? <laughs> it's, it's in our code. 10,000 10, naira. And we're about 200 consultants. They are not asking me, do you agree? And I'm not complaining. That's God's system. It doesn't cross my mind that if I were to die today, what would happen to my children? Nobody thinks about these things. That is God's system. He expects us to be members of families. That's God's system. That is God's system. But we admire some crazy people who denied God and we say they have a good structure. You buy your own graveyard. One of the reasons why God does not expect us to worry is that he, he has a total system that 
actually does not allow us to worry. But we take it, we cut it, we dice it, we you know, slice it, we do anything we like, then we start praying. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God said, hey. How am I supposed to solve this problem when I gave you a system to use ahead of time and you've thrown it away? I hope you're getting my point. What's my emphasis? We're talking about total faith for finances. We have to believe God totally. We don't reason away the scripture. Many of the people we are copying, they are currently suffering the re- problem, the repercussions for reasoning away the Bible. When they glorified having one child, one child, one child, when they finished glorified, why? They wanted to enjoy life. Prosperity has a problem. You know, there's a problem with everything has a problem in life. Prosperity has its own problem. People now become so concerned with enjoying the prosperity. If they didn't have money to be flying all over the world, would they care whether they have children to carry with them? So the, the young woman, young woman wanted to enjoy their lives, have enjoyed their careers to the limit, limit. Suddenly they rewrote Psalm 127 and said, Children are a burden from the Lord. When the Bible said they are a blessing. When the Bible said they are a blessing. But we don't realize that over time the whole society starts suffering the consequences. And people who are not taught with God's word, they admire those people because the consequences are far removed. Let us follow God totally. His counsel is good. The Lord is good. Let's not take too much time today. Let's bow down our heads and, and, and give the Lord thanks. Let's say, Lord, thank you. Let us say, Lord, thank you. Let's say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word that has blessed us abundantly. I bless your children who have taken the time out to come and fellowship one another and study your word. The Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Peace will go with you in Jesus' name. Amen. That peace will drive away every affliction, every trouble, every affliction, every iniquity, everything out of your system in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That peace will open the doors of God for you and cause peace. And cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. In the name of Jesus Christ. Good will be with you. God's good will be with you. In the name of Jesus. Evil is repelled out of your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. As you go on the road, you will be safe. Let me say to you again. No evil shall befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling place. Amen. The angels of heaven, they are with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And they will deliver you from all troubles. Amen. I say to you like the Lord said to them, be of good cheer because in Christ you have overcome the world. Amen. I command you today, rejoice. Amen. 